Welcome to Counterintelligence. This is Eric LeVay. Today's guest is NYU professor Jeremy Levine. Thanks to patrons Dana Berry, Andre Dunka, William Healy, Angela Jackson, Zacharias Zscore Kaminsky, Sasha Millstone, Craig Pierce, Greg Schneider, and Jason Zimmerman. Jeremy Levine, welcome back to Counterintelligence. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. It's great being here. Thank you for having me again. It's great to have you back, and I just want to say I uh, hope you and your family are all safe and, and healthy uh, in New Jersey. Are you, you all doing okay out there? Yes, yes, we're all good. It, it was bad early on here, but my family and I were okay. My friends are okay, and I hope everyone out by you is uh, good as well. We are, and uh, as, as you know, I'm a New Jersey native, so most of my family's back there. But, yeah, I just hope everybody, you and everyone, of course, listening to this show across the world, that, you know, you do the best you can, right? I mean... Um, yep. Do the best you can, and please, everyone, wear a mask. Where we were just <laughs> talking about, yeah, we were just talking about that off air. I was talking about being in those, covering those protests for two weeks. I wore my mask, and I think it's we're far enough along now where we know that that worked. We know it worked. Yeah, and and New Jersey. I mean, New Jersey was really bad when this started, but the daily number of cases is down dramatically. Um, I've been wearing masks when I go to the grocery store. Like it's annoying, but like it's better than a ventilator. So, just, <laughs> amen. We just have to keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, so Deutsche Bank has not come down yet. We thought we were hoping it would come down so we could talk about it. The Supreme Court decision. Any thoughts on uh, any thoughts on that? Before we um. To- yeah, I was disappointed they haven't ruled on that yet. I guess. 2020, I guess everything has to be suspenseful to the end, but I, I don't think Trump will win that case. I don't. I definitely don't think he'll win the state of New York's challenge, and I would be very surprised if he won um, even like the congressional committees. I was listening, when, that, when those cases were going on, I was listening to conservative lawyers like George Conway and others, and the fact that they weren't confident in Trump's case made me feel a lot better about it. Um, so I don't think it'll be 9-0 like it should be, but as long as it's at least five four. I think it'll be probably like the six three range. I I think we'll be okay with it. And our uh, our legal experts at Forensic News actually both thought that uh, a couple of them thought that it wasn't going to come down till July. So I guess they were right. Nice job, guys. I was I I don't know. I I was sure that today was the day. I was like, this is it. It's Tuesday. <laughs> I guess not. That's what I thought because with everything else that's come out this month, that it'd be really a great end of month, but. So uh, as a professor, and also just to, for the, you've been on about four times, but just for everyone else, uh, you're a professor at NYU, you lecture on Russia in the 21st century, and you have a new course on, uh, on Syria, is that correct, Jeremy? Uh, yes, for the School of Professional Studies, uh, I design like these five-week courses uh, every semester. So the one I just uh, did a session on today is week three of five about the Syrian civil war and the continuation of Cold War politics between the U.S. and Russia involving Syria. And as an expert in Russia, that's why you're here today to talk about the absolute breaking bombshell of a story that is breaking five minutes even before we tape this. There's another update uh, that Russia has been paying uh, sort of Taliban-linked militants uh, bounties to kill U.S. troops. So I wanted to really get your thoughts on the story and if we could get into that, Jeremy. Yes, yeah, so I am not surprised that the Russia that Russia and the Taliban are in communication. I'm not surprised that the Russians would give money to the Taliban for weapons and aid and stuff like that, even though literally the roles were reversed in the 1980s when the Soviets invaded Afghanistan. Uh, I'm not totally shocked. I was surprised that it went as far as bounties. 
particularly on U.S. soldiers, because I think that ups the ante a lot. And I'm, I guess, I, I don't know if I should be surprised or not that Trump didn't do anything about it, but I, <laughs> no, I guess we've known for over a year that this is happening, and nobody's done anything about it. And I think we should be really scared that another country can pay bounties to kill the men and women in our military and the commander in chief of the United States armed forces is not going to do anything about it. I think that is the very, very scary part of this. And we have to know why nothing was done. Or if you view something was done, why are we trying to get them back in the G7 to make it the G8 again and things like that? This is, this is terrifying. Because if he's going to jeopardize the lives of our servicemen and service women to stay in power, uh, then, w- then we as average Americans are completely expendable at this point between now and November. Uh, so everybody should be scared and everybody should be paying attention to what's happening and how this goes. And I don't want to hear that he wasn't briefed on this. He's the commander in chief of the U.S. military whether it's in his daily briefing that he probably doesn't read all the time or whether somebody knocked on his door and told him, this is serious enough that the president has to be alerted. And even if you have suspicions, like even if it's not 100% confirmed yet, you should probably tell the commander-in-chief of the suspicions and how they'll keep looking into it. So the fact that Trump's done nothing and the story keeps changing with Grinnell saying he's never heard of this to Ratcliffe saying, well, I've heard of this, but... Trump has never been briefed. Like the fact that they can't even keep the story straight means that there's dishonesty now at the very top of government and people are dying in Afghanistan, our men and women serving the military as a result. Right. It's not believable. And I think that the reporting has been uh, very good by and large. I mean, that's why, that's why we know about this. And by the way, I just want to, I rarely use notes, but I did want to just highlight real quick the uh, it's the GRU unit 29155. Uh, which is reported as being responsible for this. And that unit is, uh, according to the New York Times, uh, a fairly violent unit. They're not involved as much in the cyber end of things, according to the reporting, uh, but they've been involved in a number of targeted assassinations. I don't know if you caught that part of it. Um, I caught that part of it. I didn't know specifically what that unit did, but I did notice that the journalist did specify that a specific unit was involved. And there's, I don't think we should be surprised. I mean, there's been assassinations and attempted poisonings and everything in Europe and other parts of the world being done by Russian intelligence and operatives. So the fact that it made its way to Afghanistan, I I guess was inevitable at that point. Um, But the, the letters GRU should, whether it's with cyber stuff or bounties on Americans, if, if people aren't familiar with those three letters, they should start becoming very familiar with those three letters. I would say that. And just to your point, which really is such a great point, it's beyond like the reporting has been, for the most part, outstanding on this story, which is, again, why we know about it. But it's I think it's OK to highlight in these stories that it, it would be fair and unbiased journalism that it's not it's not believable like there's no example you could point to in American history as long as we've had these presidential daily briefings where a president would not have been briefed on it. And I think it's important for journalists to put that in the story. I mean, 
I understand why you might not just out and out call Trump a liar on the page, uh, but it would be good to add that context that it's not possible that this is that they didn't know. It's literally impossible. Exactly. You can say you're not sure how he was briefed, whether it was in writing or in person. But I agree with you that it needs to be said. It is highly unlikely that the president, commander in chief of the military would not be notified of something of this magnitude. 100 percent agree. Right. And if you and if you didn't know, that would be another reason, just to be blunt, that you should resign. Because it's one of those things where either way, either you did know and there's something very, very scary going on which we know that's happening, or you didn't know, which means you are beyond incompetent and you should resign. One of those two. Right, right. And then I would also add, let's just like you didn't know because the intelligence community didn't tell you. Well, then why didn't the intelligence community not tell you? Is it because you're incompetent? (laughs) Is it because they're incompetent? Is it because they don't trust you to share that information? So just on the real off chance that he wasn't notified, that doesn't let get him out of the woods. So when the story came out, uh, the first story, which is in the New York Times, and then I think Jim Laporte at AP followed up with a very crucial detail, moving the timeline back to last March, saying that since March of 19, Trump and them knew that Russia is trying to uh, paying bounties to kill U.S. soldiers. which was a really important detail, moving it back like a year before. That's like uh, impeachment time, basically. That's that's like right as the Mueller report's dropping, Barr's making himself known. Um, apparently Bolton was involved, and Bolton knew, and Bolton didn't tell anyone about this. Um, I also wasn't that... Uh, well, I think people also want to know, are we, are we punishing or resisting the International Criminal Court for our sake? or Russia's sake now. Um, yeah, there's a lot of questions. And that point when Mueller's dropping the report, um, I don't, I'm not a big coincidence person with this administration, so I would like some details as to, you know, surrounding that. And I, when Bolton said, well, the Democrats did like an injustice in the impeachment uh, proceedings weren't broad enough. They should have covered all these other things. Well, this is one of those things that should have been covered. And maybe you could have told the Democrats like what was going on so they could have brought in the impeachment proceedings. A lot of this falls on Bolton as well. This episode of Counterintelligence from Forensic News is brought to you by IT Pro TV. Start or grow your IT career with online IT training from IT Pro TV. And we have a special offer for counterintelligence from Forensic News listeners. A seven-day free trial and save 30% off all plans. A recent MIT study found that IT occupations have grown by 19.5% between 2004 and 2019. That's more than eight times the growth rate than for other jobs over the past decade. While earnings growth for those with college degrees has somewhat flattened since 2000, earnings have actually grown significantly for individuals working in IT. It's never too late to start a new career in IT or move up the ladder, and IT Pro TV has you covered, from CompTIA and Cisco to EC Council and Microsoft. More than 4,000 hours of on-demand training, engaging hosts present information in a talk show format. They're live every day, and shows go studio to web in 24 hours. Courses are conveniently listed by category, certification, and job role. Stream IT Pro TV courses live and on-demand worldwide via Chromecast, Roku, Apple TV, PC, or their iOS or Android app. Learn IT, pass your certs, and get a great job with IT Pro TV. Visit itpro.tv slash 
slash counter for a seven-day free trial and 30% off all plans. Use promo code counter at checkout. That's itpro.tv slash counter and use promo code counter at checkout. itpro.tv slash counter and use promo code counter at checkout to try it free for seven days and save 30% off all plans. Yeah, Bolton is no hero. I think we can both agree on that. I mean, it's like the opposite of a hero. And trying to make money off a book, it's just, it makes me pretty sick, actually. Yeah, because clearly, I mean, clearly, like, this love for his country that he claims to have, if it wasn't for his dollars, you know, there's a price, there's a price on it. It's very unfortunate. Because that was the part that, like, they should have covered this or they should have done that. But a lot of it's classified. There's no way... Nancy Pelosi or Adam Schiff or any of them could have known that this was happening. They weren't even included in the meeting. Right. Trump only met with House Republicans on, like, the full context of what's going on. So unless you tell them, how are they going to do the impeachment proceedings then? Probably, because I agree it probably should have gone beyond just the extortion scheme with Ukraine. But, you know, you got to provide the details for it to work. And on that note, uh, and the reason I brought up the timeline and the reporting was when I started to read the reporting, uh, as much as I respect those reporters who wrote it, who are who are trustworthy, especially Jim Laporta, AP, who's a, a former Marine and a very like knowledgeable about military affairs. I was still like, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's all anonymous sources. So, I'm, you know, I, I, I've learned to be skeptical, even, you know, just because of a history of <laughs> things that can go wrong in news reporting. And then uh, the, the point I'm trying to bring that up is because right before – so I'm reading the stories, and I'm like, okay, this sounds pretty bad, but I would like a little more. And the reason I bring that up is because right before we taped this, the Times has just, just dropped another piece really filling in some puzzles that it's tracking financial transactions that led them to this story. And uh, do you have any thoughts on that aspect, that they were, they were tracking the Russia transactions through the banking system? That tells me, because like, it seems like the Times is like dropping little bits and little bits at a time. And to me, I think that's being like responsible for it. As critical as I've been of the New York Times at times, like Maggie Haberman and some of the others, mm-hmm. um, I think they're being responsible. Like they're putting a little bit out and it's stuck and then a little bit more comes out. And it's stuck, even with anonymous sources, because I agree, those could be very sketchy at times, depending on who you're talking to. Mm. But then once you drop the detail that there's the financial transactions, now uh, uh, the only thing left to see is the actual movement of money from our end. Just how much, like there was that raid where it was like $500,000 was discovered, but like just how much money has been moved, how much money has been wired, but there's usually always a paper trail. Even if there's dummy companies or LLCs or shady bank accounts, usually there's a paper trail. So if the Times has that paper trail, then it really blows up Trump's claim on Twitter where, oh, none of this is verified. Um, the press secretary was like, well, none of this has been verified, so like, there's nothing for the president to say. Well, if the money transactions are there... You can't tell me the intelligence community doesn't have those transactions, and you can't tell me the White House hasn't been briefed on that. So that really blows up the White House's claim that there's either nothing going on or nothing substantial or Grinnell didn't know. I, there's a, it, I think they're doing it properly. As much as I'd like to see everything right now, that's what I think they're doing. Like, it's sticking, then they go a little further and a little further with it. And we'll see where it ends, but it's probably not going to end anywhere good. Oh, with this administration? Yeah, I think we can. And, and you're yep. right about that. 
And and on the regarding stories that have gone bad, like when I when you think about the stories, anonymous sources that have gone bad, like the war in Iraq and things like that, none of those stories ever ever said that there was a a trail of financial transactions like that. When I read the story just now, like that's how you know this is true. Uh, that's a specific detail. That should scare you know? everyone involved yeah. and everyone trying to hide it. Yeah, yeah. Now, would I have loved to see the actual documents? Yes. But I've, I, that's very rare that you see like American intelligence, uh, you know, transactions from a Russian bank account. But oh yeah, you'll never see the documents. But it, eventually, they might drop some numbers. Be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was apparently I don't have this in front of me, but it was a large uh, transaction. I think it was like over a half million or something like that uh, to pay these bounties to these. Basically, they're like criminal link gangs, mercenaries. <laughs> hard to believe well it's not hard to believe but no uh, but that's private mercenary warfare mercenary thing that's unfortunately the way war and conflict is going that's a whole other lecture i do once in a while on mercenaries yeah and uh, on the white house response that's like another red flag where you know how bad this is just because i mean do you have any thoughts on the response from the very beginning uh, to this story coming out of the white house um it hasn't been anything that i believe um too many people are saying too many things. I think people need to get people in the White House and the executive branch first of all need to get off Twitter. But all <laughs> needs to get off Twitter. Ratcliffe needs to get off Twitter. Trump needs to get off Twitter. Or they all need to tweet. Or they all need to call each other first and get their story straight before they start saying what's real and what's not and what's not verified. And now that we know a little bit more, there's been more than enough time for the White House to even put a spin and say, well, it wasn't verified before, but now that we know for sure, we strongly condemn that. They haven't even done that. Enough time has passed where you can, like, condemn it now or say we're going to punish Russia now for that. Like, you can try to spin it, and there's just little to no effort, little to no desire of it. And nobody in the Republican Party seems to care either, and even the legislative branch. I, other than Liz Cheney put out a tweet um, saying she wants answers, I, it's been very silent. Why would, just to state the obvious, and as an expert in Russia, why would Russia want to, why do you think they would want to kill U.S. troops, and specifically in Afghanistan, Jeremy? What do you think? Um, I know well, that, you know, I, we it, may not know the answer, by the way. I just want to say a lot of the, the reports yeah, said they don't tough. know. Um, I, well, I think they want to bleed the U.S. dry. Um financially military i mean i mean you could if you could make life miserable militarily for the u.s and you and particularly in a country um that may not border russia but border the former ussr and isn't all that far away i you probably would i didn't realize it would go to the extent of bounties but I, do, does russia want afghanistan to become like this a bastion stable democracy um, under U.S. influence in Central Asia, not far from its border? Probably not, because the U.S. is close with India. Uh, it's on and off again with Pakistan, but it is what it is with Pakistan. So if Afghanistan goes the U.S.'s way, that's another footprint in the region, really right in the back door of Russia. And Russia... Whether it's justified or not, historically, they do tend to get invaded. Napoleon invaded, the Mongols, uh, Hitler. Um, so a lot of times from the Russia and the propaganda that comes out, 
it, it comes out like the U.S. is encircling Russia, like the U.S. wanted to encircle the Soviet Union. It wants to contain our power, contain our spread, and we're not going to allow that. It's very similar. A lot of the stuff Putin is doing is similar to what the Soviets did, just minus the communism. Like the Soviets helped the North Koreans. The Soviets helped the North Vietnamese when we were in Vietnam. Like it's not uncommon for the Soviets to fund the other side of our battles, just like we tend to fund the other side of their battles. Like we funded the Afghan resistance to the Soviet invasion. We give money to Ukraine. Like it goes both ways. It's just, it, it's up the ante to specific bounties. And this is the first time where we've had a leader that just doesn't care. And will pay, will just say anything to be in the good graces of the opposing side of the Russian leader. Like, this didn't happen with Truman and Eisenhower Korea. This didn't happen with Johnson and Nixon in Vietnam. This definitely didn't happen when the Soviets invaded Afghanistan and Re- with Reagan. And it, we're just really in an uncharted war because we just really don't have a leader for this situation this time. And I'm sure Putin knows that very well. So I'm not surprised that there's a lot, like, the tables turned in Afghanistan and now they're funding the Taliban or whoever. Uh, but that's the more shock. The more shocking part of the scandal should be the president, the commander in chief, does not care. Absolutely. And just to be clear, American intelligence officials aren't exactly sure why either this is happening. So I just wanted to make that clear. That's none of us know. Right. That's, uh, that's my yeah. Just when you if you ever like dive into like Russian literature or like Russian propaganda, or you like pick up like a George, like what George Kennan wrote about the Soviets, or what Kissinger has written. That's what a lot of it really stems from. Where like there, there's always like a foreign invader on the horizon, um, and that they need to protect themselves and Mother Russia and their identity and their nationality, and they rally around each other. And usually, it it, it it revolves around rallying around a strong leader. Mm. So a lot of times, like an authoritarian, whether the threat is real or not, will point the finger at something external beyond its borders in order to secure more internal power. So this could just be an example saying, this is what the U.S. is doing in Afghanistan, Russia's next. And so that's how you support these things, and that's how you get the, the Russian people behind you to support putting bounties on American soldiers. A lot of it's propaganda. That's what I would imagine the reason, if I had to just take a guess. Yeah, and in terms of my own guess, if I was to take a guess, I would say, number one, uh, chaos, which is the Putin playbook. You know, any, any kind of chaos or anything that's bad for the U.S. obviously is uh, he views as good for him. But also, I right. some of what I've read about Vladimir Putin is that he lives, in much like Trump does, in the past. And his the glory days for him were, you know, the, the Soviet Union. And I think, I'm, this, I'm, this is just pure speculation, but I think the, the history of the Soviet Union in Afghanistan and America in Afghanistan kind of... Uh, I think there's something kind of stuck in his head there, and I think he likes the idea of of America f- failing in Afghanistan. I don't know if you have any thoughts on yes, that. Yes, just yeah. like yeah, just just like the Soviets did, Pro- mm-hmm. absolutely, because he probably blames the U.S. 
for the Soviets' failure in Afghanistan. Because if you read Michael McFall's book, like um, from Cold War to Hot Peace, he talks about how Putin, whenever he talked to Putin, it almost seemed like there was like an inferiority complex because like the so Russia, the, so whether it's the empire or the the Soviet Union, whichever whichever point in history you want to go at, you know they 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 stood tall against Napoleon, they stood tall against Hitler, they eventually got rid of the Mongols, they stood tall against anyone who's ever tried to cause trouble, and yet from forty five to ninety one, in about forty five fifty years, you go from this great vast country, and all of a sudden it's gone, the glory is gone, the territory is gone. And there's a lot of, there's like a shell shockness to that. And I think that's what he's kind of reliving. Like this, like the U.S. or the CIA or whoever you want to blame, took out Russia in a way that nobody ever has before. Now, we could argue the Soviet economy really crumbled from within, um, but that's probably either not how he sees it, or that's definitely at least not how he wants the Russian people to see it so now it's time for payback and also to regain some of that glory and and afghanistan since 79 has been one of those hotbed areas between these two countries north korea is another one uh ukraine's become one um but afghanistan's one of those where we're playing like reverse roles now Right. And according to the reports, they're examining at least two specific attacks right now that killed multiple American soldiers. I think they were bombs. So we'll like like you said, these stories are rolling out and we're just going to be seeing these for the next for the for the foreseeable future. We're going to learn more and more. Now we know it's financial transactions being traced and we'll have more detail. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's hard to it's hard to imagine where this is going to go. I almost don't want to, although that's my job. Um, uh, yeah, I like. See, when people throw around like the treason word, the traitor word, like it, it's serious. Like people, th- a lot of times people throw it around almost like it's water, but like there's a lot of serious things that go with that. But if your armed forces are being attacked and you not only don't do anything about it, but then you, you know, you always try to tell us how great and wonderful the very same attackers are, I. Uh, we're getting really close to the treason territory if we're not there yet. I'll say that. On that note, I mean, yeah, I would like to hear what you think. This is a broader Trump-Russia question. We've talked about this numerous times, but now we have yet another example. So, because this this is what you do, I mean, what, what do you think? Tr- Trump and Russia, I mean, what do you think is really going on, is what I'm trying to say, in, in your own words. Um... I know it's not. It's, it's, it's different than Watergate because Watergate was one crime and a cover-up. The cover-up may have involved multiple crimes along the way, but it was one crime, the break-in, and the cover-up. What you have with Trump Russia was multiple crimes Trump has committed just through the Trump organization that involves Russia. Then you have the election. Then you have trying to cover everything up from the past, and then you have multiple things happening all at once. Um, He is at the mercy of multiple foreign leaders. Putin has to be at the top of the list. I would probably put MBS, uh, Erdogan, Netanyahu. I mean, there's a top five we could probably round out. But Putin has to be number one. 
And a lot of it is organized crime. A lot of it is money laundering. A lot of it is tax evasion. Um, our understanding of organized crime and the mafia desperately needs to change. It's not just a bunch of guys sitting around Little Italy and Manhattan. Um, it's not just Tony Soprano. Our whole understanding of this has to change as a society. A lot of it stems from that. And now you've allowed the mafia or organized crime, whatever term you want to use, you've allowed it to take over the world. You've, you, ha we have not you, but we as, a, we as a world, we have allowed organized crime to run the world on a global scale, like never before in control of nuclear weapons while we're at it. That is what you are seeing here. Vladimir Putin, organized crime all around. Trump drowning in organized crime. The Italians, the Russians, one after the next. And it all connects. If you really take the time to go through it all, you can see from Trump's, the Trump family being tied to Cosa Nostra, the Italians, to Russia, to Putin, to the Panama Papers, to Manafort, to Ukraine, like to Israel with Netanyahu. All of it connects one way or another. We are at the mercy of organized crime because organized crime profits from our expense, from the expense and pain of society. And that is what Trump and Putin are doing. They are profiting and benefiting at our expense. Never once has Trump shed a tear or remorse or sadness for over the 100,000 Americans that have died from COVID-19. Vladimir Putin, there are doctors and nurses falling out of windows in hospitals throughout Russia. They don't care because the mob, organized crime, does not care. It's about surviving. It's about preserving and maintaining power. It's about the money. It's always about the money. Um, but that's what a lot of this is about. And that's why, like, everybody, like, people who are like, in Congress, um, other people trying to figure it out, you got, you have to call it for what it is, and you have to stop bringing, like, butter knives to gunfight. Like, this is real, and everyone's involved. William Barr is involved. Epstein, to a point, was involved. Like, Roger Stone's involved. Um, the Saudi royal family, the Emiratis, they're all involved one way or another. You've let organized crime, which has compassion for no one, take over the world. And now, as it's slowly becoming undone, there's, there's bloodshed now as a result. And it doesn't mean they all like each other. Okay, just because Trump became president doesn't mean Vladimir Putin stopped killing American soldiers, because clearly that has not happened. But we are all suffering now under the thumb of organized crime on a transnational scale that the world has never seen before. That is really what Mueller's about. That is what um, any investigation that was beyond his scope, that is what Vladimir Putin now with the bounties on American soldiers. That is what the Panama Papers, pick your investigation, pick the crime, pick the scandal. That is what all of this is about. And even that's, and that's why whenever the new administration comes in, 
there can't be, oh, let's just forgive and move on. And we cannot have a Ford Nixon moment where we're just going to heal and move on until these individuals are one way or another removed from the power that they have in governments throughout the world. This is not going to go away. So Trump falls. That doesn't mean Putin or MBS or other change their behavior either. Like this is a global thing that we need to recognize. That is really what this is all about. I'm very, thank you so much for, uh, for saying that. And especially for mentioning the money, because that's what everything is about. That's why follow the money is, has become a, a phrase that, you know, went into American culture. Uh, cause that's what it's all about. It's the money. Uh, 100%. If you follow the money, you will get all the answers. You're not going to like the answers, but you're going to get all of them. If you just follow the money and don't get distracted by a, a, a weird tweet, don't get, don't get distracted by Trump you know, saying we shouldn't ingest disinfectants and shove UV light up our bodies. Like, if you get past all the nonsense, it, the, the answers are there. You just have to follow the money if you can find the money which is another issue, whole issue. Any final thoughts on this story? And of course, don't forget to, uh, I always want people to be able to, you know, promote your classes and your Twitter, but any, any final thoughts on your mind, uh, Jeremy? Um, the one thing I always tell people, and most people don't believe me, I promise you the bad guys aren't winning. And I don't mean bad, like liberal versus conservative. We're going to take that totally just out of the equation. Just, people who are not criminals versus the people who are um the bad guys are not winning um trump wouldn't always be in a twitter rage if he was a lot of times when william barr pulls his stunts would it be sdny or whatever it's done out of weakness the fact that this just got exposed with the bounties of american soldiers is one less thing they can probably do now like it's slowly coming to the surface it needs to come to the surface, and as more and more does, as long as we don't get overwhelmed and throw our hands up in the air and give up, it will get swept aside. We just have to get there, and that's what I always try to tell everyone, whether it's like interviewing with you now or if you follow me on Twitter, Jeremy Levine 92 I think is my handle. Yeah, yep, Jeremy Levine 92 Yep. You got <laughs> Jeremy it. Levine 85 is my email address. Cause that okay. was my, I played one year of football in high school. So I always flipped the two, but yeah, Jeremy Levine 92 is my Twitter handle. That's what I try to tell people as well. Like justice is coming. I know it's slow and I know it's painful, but it's coming. We just have to be vigilant. So whether I'm teaching like the Mueller class or like the Syrian civil war class at NYU, or I also, I also teach at other universities like sociology, economics, political science, business classes, whatever they just throw as an, they just throw me classes as an adjunct and I have to take them. The more classes I teach, the more money I make hey. at the different colleges in New York and New Jersey. So, and I, that's, so like, even though not all those classes are on these topics, I always try to keep it really as both realistic, but as positive as possible, especially when it comes to like economics and sociology with stuff that's going on in the world. But that's what I always tell people, just be patient the taxes are coming out, the finance, like everything is slowly coming out, even though we all wanted it a while ago. And justice is coming. I'm just not sure what that's going to look like. 
but it's coming and it's going to get better, but you have to root it out first to get there. So more is going to come out about Epstein. More will come out about all those sealed indictments or, or the, all the redacted names um, we don't know about yet in the, from the Mueller report. Like, it's going to come out. The grand jury stuff will come out eventually. Just We need to just hang in there until it does. And I know it's hard, but we don't have a choice. Well, I love the positivity. Uh, it's always it's important to focus on it, especially now. So I just, again, want to thank you for coming on the show, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next one. Thank you for listening. Follow Forensic News on Twitter at Forensic Newsnet. Counterintelligence is at Intel Pod. My personal account is Eric LeVay. Support Forensic News on Patreon. Subscribe to Counterintelligence everywhere you listen to podcasts. This is Eric LeVay, and this is Counterintelligence.